I'm going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 63, verses 7 through 9. And I believe you can find the reading in your bulletin. I will recount the gracious deeds of the Lord, the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, because of all that the Lord has done for us, and the great favor to the house of Israel, that he has shown them according to his mercy, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And he became their savior in all their distress. It was no angel or a messenger, but his presence that saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. I'll now read Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. And I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version, by the way. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 18. It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, and bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one father. For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. And again, I will put, your, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Since therefore the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it's clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My brothers and sisters, I really do hope you had a wonderful Christmas holiday. Because actually I had to wrestle with these passages the last couple of days and I did not choose Matthew 2 
Uh, Matthew 2 talks about Herod killing all the children under two years old. Now I'm kind of glad the children did leave out to go to Sunday school so they wouldn't hear this. So I left that out because, you know, we just celebrated this wonderful birth a couple of days ago. And I don't know about you, but, you know, it's like things will now go back to normal. We, we had this awesome celebration that we prepare for. We go out of our way and do a whole lot of preparation. And then we have Christmas Day, and we enjoy it. We enjoy the gifts. We enjoy being with our family and being with our friends. But I don't know about you, we go back to those aches and pains, to those distressful moments. And then the bills start to come in. Huh? You get that bill from Macy's, right? Or Pico. What about the bill from Pico? Or the gas company? The bills start rolling in. And then you start looking at the children breaking up the toys that you ran all over the city trying to find. That one special toy. And Renee knows what I'm talking about. Her grandson broke the wheel off of some fire truck or whatever kind of truck it was. The wheel is broken. It may have to be glued on. But it was yesterday. <laughs> so things go back to normal. You go back into your aches and your pains. Did you feel any pain this past several days? No. And if you did, you probably took some Tylenol and pushed through. Right? You just make the holiday happen because it's a wonderful celebration. Jesus Christ is born. But let us remember that Jesus broke into a system that was very political. The powers to be had totally forgotten about those who were poor, had totally forgotten about the oppression of the Israelites. But Jesus broke into those politics. And I must tell you right now, your pastor told me you're not a congregation that wants to hear about politics. <laughs> but remember, even after the birth of Jesus Christ, the 26th, I'm sure the news started talking about all the craziness that's going on in the world. The radio station cease playing the beautiful Christmas music and start talking about who was killed here and what was killed there and what happened here, and life goes back to normal. But that's the system that Jesus Christ broke into. And Jesus Christ calls us to fight within that system through the hope that he has given us with his birth. So I don't care what you're going through, a divorce, your daughter tells you that, you know, she's 15 years old and she tells you, hey, mom, I'm pregnant, or you get a phone call in the middle of the night that your son has been arrested for driving under the influence. I mean, it just seems like hell breaks loose. But I want to tell you something. <laughs> you might think about it. You would say, What? The high priest knows all about it? What? 
the high priest, Jesus, knows all about my problems and my situation? Yeah, he does. He does. And it tells us right here in Hebrews 2, verse 10, that in all that existed, Jesus Christ was the pioneer, the pioneer of salvation perfection through suffering. He suffered as in his human form. He suffered so that he would know exactly what we go through. He's not some high priest that just sits up way up in the cloud and doesn't care about us. He knows about the troubles and the problems and the situations and the trials that we go through because he has went through them himself. And you say, yeah, right, Jesus wasn't married, so he didn't get divorced. I'm in the middle of a divorce. But the pain that you are experiencing in the middle of that divorce is what Jesus knows about. But we, I don't think we give him that much credit. I don't think we really understand and believe that Jesus knows all about it. Because we look at him as some glory divine um, 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 spirit of some sorts that sit way up in the cloud and doesn't care about us. That is not true. That's why he was born. Because he does care about us. Because God cares about us. Five years ago, you were going through something or another. I don't know what it is. You know what it is. Maybe 10 years ago, maybe just the day before Christmas Day, you were going through something. And today, it doesn't feel as bad. It's not as heavy as it was. Because especially if you turned to Christ and said, help me, show me the way, or just said, you know what, I give up. I don't know what's going on. It's like someone pulled the rug from up under me. My world has turned upside down. I need your help. And it's, it's a little better. And it gets a little better every day. Even at the loss of a loved one, whether it was on the 24th or it was three, four, five years ago, it gets a little better every day because he's heard your cry. He's heard your moaning. He knows you hurt. The high priest knows all about it. But we doubt that. We tend to doubt that. And what we do, it's nothing wrong with buying gifts. Don't misunderstand me. But we go out and we buy gifts to just make things a little better. You know, you ever heard of people that's going through a divorce and the daddy buys all the gifts for the child and the mama buys all these gifts because they're just trying to make it smooth it out for the children, make things. They wouldn't have normally done that had they been together as a couple. They would have just dealt with it, managed with it the best way they could. But because of the separation 
and daddy's always right and mommy's always wrong, or mommy's always right and daddy's always wrong, I'll buy the bigger gift than her. And I'll buy the bigger gift than him because I'm going to shower you with these things because I love you more. We shower ourselves with all these objects, all these things, because we really doubt that Jesus knows all about it. We go get dressed up. We try to mask the pain the harsh feelings that someone has hurt us, and we go and we cover it up some way, shape, form, or fashion. But the thing is, we do all those things because we have not really accepted that Jesus knows what we're going through. And all he wants us to do is to come to him and tell him about it. Now you say, well, wait a minute, Paula. You just told me that Jesus knows all about it. I got to go to him also and tell him about it? Yeah. Uh-huh, you do. All right, let's put it like this. Your girlfriend, she knows you're going through some troubles with your husband or your boyfriend. She knows, right? But what do we do when he breaks our heart again? Who do we call? Girl, <laughs> he done did it again. Well, what did you do? Girl, you know what he did. He didn't come home last night, or he didn't bring me flowers, or he just talked badly to me. Girl, and she's on the phone like, I know that. He does it all the time. But it's somebody that you have to tell. You have to tell someone. And so here, why not tell Jesus? He knows all about it anyway. Why not tell him? He has been through it, and he's a merciful God. It tells us right here. He went through it because he, is, he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God. Because... The atonement of sins for the people. Now, let's talk about sin. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to talk about sin, do we? Nah, nah. See, because we doubt him, we start building all these things around us or purchasing all these objects, and we start taking control ourselves. And a lot of times... We take the control ourselves, which brings about some sinful actions and behaviors because we doubt him. There is a, 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 a what, what, what's, what's the word I want to look for? There is a, a moment in life when we have to say, I'm turning away from that sin and I'm turning to Christ. I'm turning away from trying to fix my life with whatever that is. A brand new car, a new house. We go further and further and further in debt because we're trying to make ourselves happy. Opposed to turning to Christ and depending in the idea and the fact that he knows what we need. 
more than we know what we need. He has suffered through it. He has been through it. Betrayed. Huh? Was he betrayed? Hmm? You ever been betrayed by your best friend? Hmm? Stabbed in the back? Talked about on the job? Told your best friend that your secret? Ah, by the way, that girlfriend, she calls another person. Girl, he done did it to her again. <laughs> and then you wonder why everybody knows your business. <laughs> Tell Jesus all about it. He knows about everything we went through. And if you are sitting here today without ever having a problem, I would love to know you better. <laughs> Not a soul sitting in here hasn't went through something. And the high priest knows all about it. You look gorgeous out there today. Beautiful. But some of you are hurting. Some of you are dealing with pain, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, and we can look out there and see it and say, huh, she's having a good day. She looks good. And inside, you are crying. He knows all about that. But we have to trust him. And we have to stop going out here and trying to fix things ourselves by buying this, doing that, uh, turning from God, all of that. You know, hey, sin is the separation from God. So anything that keeps you separated from God is sin. You with me? Let's say it together. Anything that keeps me separated from God is sin. Even your thoughts. That's why we pray in words, thought, or deed. Your deeds, your thoughts, and the words that come out of your mouth can be sinful. Here we have a high priest that knows all about it. So guess what? Because you go in your house, and you shut that front door, and you pull down those Venetian blinds and shut the curtains, and the rest of us in the outside world don't know about it. Jesus knows all about it, knows what you're doing behind those closed doors. So wouldn't it just be easier to give everything to him and turn your life over to him and just, just start living for God? And stop living for ourselves because the high priest knows all about it anyway. Now, I admit, when we leave here today, the problems do not disappear. They will not dissolve instantly. No, no. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some work on whatever that situation is. But I would implore you to think about how you're going to turn that problem over to Jesus and watch the high priest either guide you or walk you through how to deal with that situation. 
There's one particular part in this passage in Hebrews that says, uh, okay. So, since therefore the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and free those all, free and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. That's another reason why we buy all these objects and possessions, because we try to mask or medicate or soothe ourselves because we have some sort of fear of death. We don't want to die. But, you know, I heard a woman say that to me the other day, well, last month, and she said, wow, you travel here, you travel there, aren't you scared? And I'm like, well, now I am. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, So I'm like, you know, no, I'm not scared. So she said, well, I'm, I'm scared. I'm afraid of dying. You do realize we live in America, and you can die anywhere, right? And so she looked at me. I said, okay, so if you die, will you know you died? And she looked at me like, what? Like, when you die, will you know that you died? I mean, like, do you get the chance to die? And come back and say, hey, I just died. <laughs> you know, like, wait, pinch me. I think I'm dead. So she said, well, no. I said, well, maybe your fear is the fear of the pain or suffering that you maybe fear that. But you, honey, will not know when you die. So we do all these things, this fear So this fear keeps her from traveling, keeps her from enjoying life. And that's what we do. We make make up all these excuses. We do everything we can do. We're nasty. We're mean. we're, uh, We're not kind. Whatever that is to keep this wall up. But the thing is, Jesus knows all about your fears even. And that's why he came, to break that bond. Because as long as you have that fear, Satan has a grip on you. And you don't want to believe that, I know. But God knows if you believe in heaven and God, you got to believe in hell and Satan. Sometimes I think and I sit and I say, what? (laughs) The high priest knows all about it. Then I can't get away with nothing. (laughs) So I might as well do what's right and live my life according to how God has called me to live it. And there is a purpose for each one of us here. He sacrificed his life so that we can live a life of freedom. And remember... The songs that were sung today, he has broke that chain so that you can live a life of freedom. 
Jesus is born. When are you going to start living? Amen? Amen. Amen.